Hello and welcome to episode 132 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hello. And Brody. Hello. So I just got back from seeing the new Tomb Raider movie. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it was all right. I was actually pretty like pleasantly surprised with it. Um, Shannon had seen it a couple of days ago because, you know, like editor in chief perks. Privilege. Um, privilege, yeah, that's it. Uh, but, and he was kind of a bit ho-hum on it, I thought. Um, and I was like pleasantly surprised. I kind of went in with relatively like mediocre in like, uh, what's the word? Expectations. Mm. Um, but it kind of stuck true enough to the game and kind of had the beats that I wanted it to have that, uh, I kind of dug it. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, one, one, one thing I've heard people saying online is that it takes sort of not, it it doesn't even take like the best bits of the game, of the game. It just takes sort of like the, the bigger action bits. Yes. But not necessarily the best story bits. Yeah, that's the story, true. The and story becomes sort of cliche. It, yeah, that's true. Except I think it kind of just had to. I think that like the the story that kind of worked for the video game wouldn't really have worked yeah. for this film. It would well, have felt a, off. It's a um, sixteen-hour game or something like that, probably. So yeah, yeah, but like the game weighs heavily. I don't want to say anything that's kind of too spoiler spoilery. The the story does take a very different direction, and it's one that is. Yeah, very different, but not inherently bad. You do have to suspend a lot of disbelief, but I feel like that's so often the case with these kind of big budget action films anyway. Does, was like, uh, oh. does it like does set it... up for a sequel? It totally does, and I am right. down for it. Like, I'm totally behind Alicia Vikander. I thought she did a great job. Um, I really liked some of the decisions they made in like throwing back to like previous kind of Tomb Raider films and and previous iterations of the game as well. Like, it was it felt kind of w- quite well grounded. Um, and there were lots of bits. There were lots in the bits of in the movie that like threw me back to the game. I'm like, oh, you kind of get that. Like, she kind of has to deal with like killing someone for the first time, which that that totally happens in the game. And there are bits where she kind of like looks up at a set of bars and she's like, oh yeah, I have to monkey bars over this. I'm like, okay, this kind of reminds me of the tutorial of the game even. Like I'm kind of gi- I'm kind of vibing with this. Um, the, the important question is though, is it the best uh-huh. video game film adaptation yet? Um, Aside from Street Fighter, of course, which was incredible. Yeah, I've, I've honestly not mm. seen enough like video game adaptations. Um, I fell asleep like halfway through the Assassin's Creed one that came out a couple of years ago, but I think I probably did myself a favor based on the reviews I read of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I I can't really think of one at the top of my head that I think did it better, but that's admitting that I've not. I don't feel like I've seen a great deal. It looks of... pretty like authentic to the the tone and the yeah, look, odd, you know, the, yeah, like, they totally nailed her costume as well. Like she just un- looks. Well, it was on. just like a cropped off and pants, wasn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a, a grey singlet. <laughs> Covered yeah. with blood, she's got like a bandage taped around. Yeah, it's not a hard costume to make, but I, like, I'm just glad yeah, they I did. Know. You know, I wonder because like because Assassin's Creed, I haven't even seen that yet. But I was really frustrated when I played Origins, and all the characters uh-huh. in the Assassin's Creed movie were referenced in Origins, and I was meant to like kind of know all that stuff. Um, oh, yeah, I like, know that. That was so. It was just so weird. Like, I guess it kind of makes the movie feel a bit more legitimate, even though I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, but I kind of wonder if they catch up to the games because movies, or well, maybe this will take. I don't know if they'll kind of align them with the games or go separate ways. Uh huh. Because I want to ask if there's supernatural stuff, but like I feel like if you say yes or no, that might be a spoiler. But the game had supernatural stuff. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You've put me in a tough spot there. What do I say? I don't nah, know. We can just move on. 
it, yeah. we're talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. I, I, it's I, I realize it's only like opening week, so I don't want to kind of give away any spoilers. But maybe yes. we'll no, uh, do fine. like a, a dip, like a del- deeper delve into it, like uh, when more people have seen it. I don't know. We can maybe think about whether or not we did that. Um, but hey, Brody, you uh, you reviewed the Burnout Paradise remaster. What was it like dipping back into Burnout Paradise again? Uh, well, I've gone on record plenty of times uh, in saying that Burnout Paradise has not been my favorite Burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think they remastered the wrong one. But that being said, uh, it was actually really good. I, I enjoyed getting back into uh, Paradise City. Uh-huh. Um, I'd forgotten just how good and how well-crafted the map is. Yeah. So that, like, you can sort of just, like, seamlessly flow from, you know, like, jump to jump and, like, break through barriers and hit the billboards and all that sort of stuff. And you just, you sort of never get bored, even though you're driving down the same streets and doing the same events, like, every, like, the same events, like, every time you, like, level up a license and stuff like that. So Mm. it was a, it was a bit of a trip, but, um, I always find it hard, like, reviewing remasters because, I mean, especially like when it comes to the rating and all that sort of stuff, because sure. at its core, it, it is still a very good game. And I think I reviewed it like 10 years ago when it came out, and I probably gave it a similar score. Mm. But um, in terms of whether it's worth the price for what it does it as a remaster, it becomes mm. a, a bigger debate, I suppose. Right. Because um, its enhancements are sort of minimal, and you could easily just get a cheaper copy and play it backwards compatible on Xbox One, for example. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, if you've never played it before, then sure. But if you are sort of returning to the series and have played it before, then it's a hard sell. Okay. Are you glad it exists? Is that... Uh, I'm... Like, as despite basic locking, a question as I can ask. <laughs> despite, just, despite locking the game, like, I'm fairly indifferent. Like, I, I could have... Okay. I could have easily, like, lived my life without having played a remaster of Burnout Paradise. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair, fair, fair insight. Speaking of insight, we've got lots of insight to give this week. Uh, heaps to discuss. We're going to be talking a bit about Fortnite, of course. Uh, some more on Tomb Raider, actually. I could have probably thought of a better segue there. Um, and a bit about PAX as well. But let's begin with talking about all the new games that were announced this week. It's crazy. This year is looking to be another late like, 2017 all over again. Um, to rattle through some of them that stood out to me, we've got like The Division 2, uh, Smash Bros. on the Switch, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Mario Tennis Aces, Crash Bandicoot coming over the Switch, Dark Souls on the Switch. What announcements stood out to you, James? I think the the biggest surprise for me was that, so in the Nintendo Direct, Nintendo showed quite a bit of Mario. Um, they announced it a while ago, but it was a bit like whatever. And then mm. they spent, I think, 10 to 15 minutes talking about it in this latest Direct. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, they went over how... I think Shannon hates this, but I really like it. So that's how uh-huh. I know it's good. But, You're talking about Mario Tennis, sorry. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and it's got this kind of weird element where if you kind of hit the ball hard enough and the, your player character, like your opponent, doesn't counter it properly, uh-huh. um, it breaks their racket and they lose the match instantly. <laughs> like, I think that's just really cool. Um, it's got oh, this kind damn. of like fighting game almost sensibility to it. Um, yeah. And, I never thought I would ever look forward to like a sports game in any form, because I've never played the Mario <laughs> games. But Mario Tennis looks pretty cool. Uh, have you played Mario Tennis games before? Like, or yeah, but this... like I was okay. just like, ugh, whatever. <laughs> like, right, okay. I don't know. I, they've just never really been my thing. Um, oh right. Oh wow. Yeah. So what they showed that that's like a personal thing. But I think the biggest surprise was like 
Crash coming to Switch as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously it was like a rumor, but I, I'm still surprised it's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised we've not heard anything more about the Xbox at this stage. Like, surely, like, those announcements... I mean, I always imagine those the two announcements would sort of happen simultaneously. It's, it's coming missed, for the It Xbox. was announced on the same day that it's coming it to w- Xbox oh, and PC. Oh, it was. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. missed that. Um, yeah, that it was pretty quiet. That's what I expected. To be fair. I think the Smash Bros. news especially um, overshadowed it. Um, yeah. <laughs> on, I think yeah, on that, like, the last podcast, I said Smash is coming in September. Like, that was my, my guess. Yeah, and you called it, man. I'm if they yeah I'm surprised I am still surprised like I was silently thinking nah they'll just delay it um, assuming mm. they don't delay it I'm still pegging September mm. yeah I was, let, let's, really, let's, was, let's talk about yeah. Smash then because that was that was uh, quite yeah. like an announcement uh, that that video was the, just the way they announced it was fantastic and I've seen a couple of reaction videos online as well people freaking out I don't did you guys see the one I think it might have been in New York and it was like a bunch of people that had all gathered to meet it and just like the room just erupts within sound. As soon as you as see, like, the logo see, like, in the eye. Yeah, like, in the eye. Just go the yeah. So cool. Um, I, y- you were kind of, like, pretty excited about that announcement too, I assume, Brody? Uh, well, as I said last week, I've never played a Smash Brothers game. Um, I owned it on the Did Wii. It, was it enough to get the blood pumping, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a bit hyped for this uh, for this trailer. I mean, it's, uh-huh. a really good, it's a really good trailer. I just I feel um, like I just kind of I jump on the hype bandwagon like no yeah, tomorrow. As soon as I'm, anyone's I'm, excited for it, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited too. What yeah, what I'm, are you excited for again? <laughs> like I'm I'm just excited for you guys to be excited. You know, I'm just I'm a team yeah. player. Yeah, I like but, um, that. Yeah, I mean, and just like all the speculation about who's going to be in it and all that sort of stuff. Like, there's like a 10 yeah. minute video of people like trying to work out who the silhouettes yeah. are, like in front of the big, I don't know whatever it is, like a fiery window thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so. Yeah, quietly pretty keen to like make my Smash Brothers debut, I suppose. What do you want from the game, James? What are, what's like what does Smash Bros on the Switch have to do to kind of like sell you and it doesn't really like, have to do much by the horns. <laughs> if even if it was like a, I was like expecting a straight port. Um they've kind of well, implied this might not be a straight port, but we don't really know. Um Yeah. I think would you of... be satisfied if it is a straight port? Because I know that I was reading a lot of discussion about that, and it won't be like sort of I, there's not, I can. I think we can like 100 percent guarantee it's not going to be a straight port. Like there's going to yeah. be at least extra, but character. like a Mario Kart 8 sort of treatment, like on the yeah, Switch. like maybe like an enhanced port or something. But like there's crazy people and videos that have done like 30 minutes on why it's not a port or why it is a new game. Like it's this really mm. big debate over the, over such little information. It's just like, just wait and yeah. calm down, yeah. you know? But um, like, I don't know. I, I just like them to build on what they did with the Wii U version. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. I think they're kind of paranoid about it not being as competitive or as balanced if they just keep adding stuff to it. But like, I don't think, I personally don't think that matters. Like shove as many mm. characters as you can in there and just make it fun, you know? Uh, yeah, I get that, but I mean, there there are people that take it very seriously and, and prioritize like the sort of like competitive elements of it. Yeah, I get that sure too. But time balance, them, but so sure, yeah, I get <laughs> yeah. that. No, nor am I. I jump into it very casually, and more often than not, get my ass handed to me. But all the I same. just like I hope they have like a nice range of franchises represented and stuff. Um, mm. People are like hoping they'll put Crash in it, which would be kind of nuts if that were to happen. Wouldn't I mean, that but, be? Yeah. But I would never have said, you know, Solid Snake would have been in it, or Pac-Man, or Sonic, you know. So, mm. crazier yeah. things have happened, I guess. 
knows? Yeah, and I like that they're sort of already sort of working in some of the like I I think uh, the Zelda skin, sorry, the Link skin looks like it's going to be um, Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, yeah. And so cool. I kind of like that it's kind of staying relevant, sort of updating with you know properties they put out in the last year or so. Um, I'd love to see the sort of things they could pull for Mario Odyssey because I'm I'm still playing through that and like the amount of zany things that's packed into that game would just be so much fun in Smash Bros. I think. Um, what did you guys make of the Division Two announcement though? Did that come as a bit of a surprise to you, Brody? Is that what you saw Ubisoft putting out this year? Or we actually, sorry, we don't know that it's this year, do we? We've not got a release date on it yet. We're waiting to hear more yeah. of three. Yeah, I think they're showing more then. Um. Yeah, I mean, The Division wasn't really a game that gelled with me. Like, I played it for a couple of days, and I even, I asked recently on, well, after this was announced, I asked people on Twitter, like, whether I should get back into it now, whether it's worth it, and I got a pretty much a flat no, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I, um, I've heard some people say that, like, I know for the, because I jumped into it from the get-go, and for the first couple of months, I was like, I I played a bit of it, but quickly sort of lost interest when it started to get to those late game stages. But I hear patches after that like really changed things yeah. around, and the See, community I heard the same. returned. But um, yeah, but I was still told now, sort of no, don't bother. Right, but, um, okay, maybe time's so, passed too much now. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't really have much expectation for the division two. I'm not surprised it's coming. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure the the first game did quite well, so. Mm. It was always inevitable, I suppose. We'll see what they can uh, do to mix it up at yeah, A3, I guess. I like I liked the premise of the first game. I thought it showed a lot of promise. It, it's just, mm. I don't know, but I feel like they could have learned a lot from it, so that's kind of making me quite excited for the second. Do you expect it to be all that successful, James? Because I think Destiny 2's kind of come out and just nowhere near sort of had the same sort of hype and sort of focus that that first one did. Can you see I the think... Division 2 sort of going the same sort of way? Like, uh, I just hate that, you know, like Brody said, like, like, I bought it at launch, too. I played it quite a bit. I was like, oh, this is, like, whatever. Yeah. Dropped it, and then, like, people were like, no, but it's good now. And it's like, why do I have to wait <laughs> for games to be good? Yeah. After, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, mm. I remember, I played it quite a bit, and, like, I don't know. I, I think that this kind of game now is already kind of on the way out. Like, I feel mm. like Destiny 2, I'm sure it's sold a lot, but I'm... I, feel like in terms of like raw percentages and stuff if you looked at engagement numbers afterwards it's dropped oh, quite it, a bit it's halved at least yeah yeah um and with the division like like it's a pretty uphill battle although i do trust like ubisoft as a publisher more than activision to kind of be a little bit more attentive to these kinds of things and get people playing like they've got siege mm. which is one of their most evergreen titles they've ever released um mm. So I think, like, they've got the know-how to do it. Um, I just don't know if people really wanted this as much as people, as, as much as Ubi thinks they do. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure they'll throw in some sort of gritty, realistic Battle Royale mode in The Division 2 and people will be like... Ooh. Yeah, like, what if this is just their vehicle hey. for that as well? Like, that's yeah. kind of... That could be their thing. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I personally, I'm not, like, super excited for it. Like, the first game... Was just so like I, don't, I just remember playing it up until three a.m. one morning on this horrible mission where that these people just bum rushed you with flamethrowers and it was just like it wasn't yeah. fun. It was just so hard and like so unbalanced. But then we found out later we were playing on hard. Um, but like <laughs> it should still be possible. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just don't I, don't. I don't really care about the division. I never really cared about it when I before it came out. But I played it because I wanted to give it a go. And mm. yeah. 
don't know. I'd I'd totally be down for a uh, division game with the battle royale mode. And speaking of battle royale, Fortnite's <laughs> been in the news again this week. Surprise, surprise! Because none other than Drake was playing it. He jumped onto a stream with Ninja the other day and smashed all sorts of crazy Twitch numbers, like records all over the place. It was awesome. Uh, and writing in over on Twitter, remember you can submit uh, questions, topics, whatever you like. Drop us over a message over on Twitter. Friend of the show, Robbie Shenton, writes in and says, "How many Drake fans who don't own a console and watch them play Fortnite will now go out tomorrow and buy?" console it's going to be huge which has me asking you guys like what was the significance of this like we've got this massive uh internationally known rapper that's jumping onto this game that's already sort of amassing a pop like a a, a popular following but like what what was the significance of this for the game itself i guess for twitch as well and just sort of gaming in general that it receive it could receive like that much a sort of attention from like someone so mainstream i suppose brody have you got any thoughts on a question like that um obviously it's a good get for fortnite it's, it's going to do good for their numbers and obviously mm. it's good for twitch as a platform not that it needs a whole lot of help i mean it's already pretty big but um no i guess it's just good marketing isn't it like yeah I don't, know, that's, don't you think that numbers like the, i think it peaked just over like six hundred and forty thousand concurrent viewers the stream yeah. if they like, can I mean, sell half that amount of consoles but i'm sure a lot of them were already existing gamers and already people who own the consoles but um sure if they can you know sell a hundred thousand consoles as a result of that that's that's good marketing yeah but what about like twitch as a platform though james because like numbers like six hundred and forty thousand concurrent viewers that's like uh, there are tv shows that would would like numbers like that you know that's those aren't bad bad ratings do you think that like twitch is kind of it's maybe sort of like put twitch in the limelight a bit more and kind of seen more as the sort of entertainment platform now kind of going the way of online streaming and whatnot i mean like you know online streaming in terms of netflix and youtube and stuff i feel like we're already there if you're getting numbers like this do you know what i mean um i like this this news like to me i'm just like a cool like a famous person likes playing games too like they're just people um yeah but yeah like i i I don't know i it's not really a like i've i just streaming is obviously like a way of the future and stuff and i and a lot of people are doing it like it doesn't really surprise me that this happened like i don't know maybe it's just because i don't know a lot of streaming i don't i don't watch a lot of streaming um so it's probably i'm a little bit out of like my depth but i don't know i'm just like cool if like he drake's pretty popular of course all these people are going to watch him playing twitch i mean playing fortnite you know like it doesn't really surprise me I don't mean to be like a downer, but no, I think, yeah, I think I sort of maybe fall a bit differently on this to you guys then, because like I still, I still have conversations with people and I have to explain to them what Twitch is, and I feel like for someone as well known as Drake to sort of be then on that platform and drawing attention to it, like is is massive for Twitch. Um, I'm sure those same people would still need the explanation though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, but like I think this it's like a sort of monumental leap in like the direction where it sort of does become like more of a mainstream sort of platform that people does anyone know what the what the record was before i think it was something like 300 like it it smashed dr disrespect said i think it was like 350 so i i'm not sure now i need to research it um but yeah like it was it was like a convincing like uh achievement for like and specifically a solo twitch stream it was i think there might have been like um institutional sort of like streams that uh did I hear, mass bigger numbers did i hear right that you couldn't even see his screen like wasn't yeah it just... you couldn't yeah you could only hear yeah. drake's voice and for a while yeah, you couldn't even that's hear right. him. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but Travis Scott like, joined later on as well. Uh, another rapper, if you don't know him. Um, I was about to say, and who is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like a, another big name in his own right. So I thought it was thought it was really kind of cool. Like it was a sort of like a bunch of different sort of media worlds sort of all yeah. converging into one. That's it. I, I, I have seen a few like other musicians like tweeting about it in the last few days as well. Like the dude from Panic! at the Disco uh-huh. saying how fun the game is. And we obviously know... Roseanne is quite a big Fortnite player, yes. so yeah, yeah, which is, which is my favorite. I love uh, that we just sort of live in a world now where it's common practice to play video games. Like everyone, everyone sort of does it and isn't ashamed to sort of talk about the games they're playing. I think that's that's really cool, mm. um, and especially in the music scene, there's lots of people that are sort of leading the charge in that. Yeah, um, I guess because they they tour a lot and they've got a lot of downtime. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was like talking before about like one of my favorite Melbourne bands, like the Mystery Band, like having Mario like Instagram their Mario Kart competitions ahead of yeah. uh, playing sets and stuff like that. Um, it's just I know like, like people really like Logic's a really big gamer and is constantly like calling out people. Um, I'm starting to share my music taste a bit though. <laughs> it's just good that you can play games on the go. Yeah, it, it is. And thank you, James, for throwing me to a very good segue. Uh, <laughs> Fortnite might also be going on the go, speaking of which. Um, we've got Fortnite coming to mobile. Uh, it was sort of announced and there was like an invitational sort of thing that you could sort of register and tell them which kind of platform you'd be playing it on. Um, invites have since started going out, but sort of in small batches. It seems like they're going to be sort of like slowly kind of rolling it out as they can increase their server load and stuff like that. Um, have you guys signed up for this? Are you guys keen to play Fortnite on the on your mobile no 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 neither of you are playing fortnite are you this is no. like all these I, topics are so i played it one, around. i played Sorry, it when no. it first hit and i didn't okay. particularly enjoy it um mm. i don't really like that style of game anyway sure um and i do understand it's probably it has improved quite a bit but it's just not i don't know it's just something i don't particularly like but that's just me um, mm. I think this is really. I think it's really cool, though, the idea that you can take your progression and stuff anywhere with you. Oh um, my god, I love it because I'm juggling between like PS4 and PC, and it's already so good. I mean, like I did that with, say, like my Switch for other games, so I don't. It's also not great, but like it's not that new. Mm. But this is just a really cool idea. The only thing that obviously I wonder about is the the viability of like playing a game like this on your phone. Like, how is it meant to control? Yeah. How are you how are you like reasonably meant to be able to be on an even playing ground with people um on console or on console. But then I guess that question already is already in question with PC versus console, you know? Like uh-huh. like I don't know, it's a bit weird. Yeah. That's that's the only concern I've got as well is the cross play. Like surely it won't control as clean on mobile unless they've got something like you know, really revolutionary in the works, but generally I just I like having to put my fingers on the screen and stuff. It's always a mess. Yeah. So like yeah. I just can't see how it's going to be, you know, like even Stevens with like I mean, people. Most most controllers are like Bluetooth, so I'm sure they'll have ways to connect a controller. But then if you're playing like on a big, but then control, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, like a controller that's bigger than your phone. Like I don't really know. Just carry that in your pocket with you. Yeah, like yeah, like I don't know if that's as practical as it. Should could be. It just yeah. needs to come to Switch. That I was going to say. That's the solution. Release it yeah, on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. I'd love it on the Switch. Oh my god! You would just. You and, you I'm already. I'm already struggling to get through the rest of my life at the moment because Fortnite has its hooks in me so much. I'm totally. It's already pushing ten past ten o'clock at night, and I fully intend to play some before I go to bed after recording this <laughs> oh, podcast. Man. So, man, I'm addicted, dude. I've got assignments that need done, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah. not going to happen. 
yeah, so if it came to mobile, I'd be in a real pickle indeed. Um, I'd also be in a bit of a pickle, though, if uh, they <laughs> dropped Shadow of the Tomb Raider, because I'd love the Tomb Raider games, as I might have shown talking about the movie. Uh, and I am so excited for this new one. Uh, Brody, are you excited for a, this new game, which supposedly will focus on Lara's defining moment as she becomes the Tomb Raider that we all know and love? It yeah, sort of so I, seems I like they're making this out sort of be like all like an origin act. trilogy, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I am keen, uh-huh. but that that is being said with the knowledge that I have yet to finish either of the first two games. Oh, dude. I, I know, but I, I've I've literally... I, like, I didn't finish the first one, bought the second uh-huh. one, started playing the second one. Uh, I lo- have loved every little bit that I've played of both of them, but yeah. I think other things just sort of kept cropping up, so I know I'd never got to finish them. Yeah. So I might go back and play those because I'm a really big fan of those sort of games, like the linear sort of... I just said linear, uh, linear, um, sort of action, big blockbuster sort of games like Uncharted and stuff like that. So yeah, it's de- it's definitely my wheelhouse. So yeah, I'm, and I think the I, second I with like its little hub worlds was just like so great, and like you would kind of go off in one loop, pick up some new loot, and then circle back to the area you were, and that new loot that you had would like sort of like open up a different area. I thought it was so well designed. I love those games. Uh, James, I can't cut the impression you're a bit of a Tomb Raider fan as well. You kind of keen to see what Crystal Dynamics do with this as well. I always wonder, like, where you get these impressions from, but I did like this one. Um, well, we were I'm... talking about the movie. Like, you had, a, oh, you showed course, an intimate right, knowledge right, of the game, okay. so I assumed yeah, you liked you know, them. I James have... has got a working knowledge of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think this is really cool. I'm super excited. I hope this one does better than the last one. Um, obviously, it did yeah. do well enough, um, but I know it probably had a rough start launching on the same day as Fallout. Um, it looks, I think, it's Mexican kind of culture, maybe Mayan culture yeah potentially they haven't really showed us much but i'm pretty excited i really liked the way rise of the tomb raider kind of set up i think it was that group um trinity or something uh-huh, uh-huh yep um I'd like to see how that where that kind of goes uh, and yeah like it's gonna be good and it's apparently it's, i'm assuming it's gonna center around an eclipse or something because that's in the logo yeah who, how how sick is that logo by the way yeah it, it like, ties into the ring universe who do, <laughs> who doesn't like good old cosmological stuff. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think it'll be really good. Um, I, I would like to see the game change a bit though. Like I do think Rise of the Tomb Raider was really good, but you know, it's a bit similar to every other open world game. You've got like crafting and hunting and it's the skill tree sure. and stuff. Like I, I'm interested to see if they kind of take anything a bit further than what they did with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, yeah. And how supernatural they go. I think they got pretty far. In um, did you guys play? Oh, Brady probably didn't, but you and did you play the Baba Yaga DLC for Rise of the Tomb Raider? Um, I don't think I did. You know, oh, so it's like a um, like a Slavic kind of myth about this. Like it's kind of basically like the Blair Witch. Um, okay. and it was really trippy because like at the beginning of it, Lara like huffs all this hallucinogenic shit by accident, not on purpose. I was going to say, that doesn't sound very in character at all. <laughs> no. Um, and she sees all this crazy stuff um, in, like, a, like a, the house with, like, chicken feet and, like, big, like, huh. creepy red eyes and stuff. And it was just a really cool, weird kind of sequence. And right. I, I'm wondering if they'll go kind of that way with this um, mm. or if they'll kind of stick more to, say, the first game. 
Mm. As long as there's really... tombs, because you know the first game was good, but there was just no tombs. <laughs> oh, those tombs! See, I reckon the second game built so well on the first that if they were like, if they were just to find sort of new gameplay mechanics that they could add into the add on top of that again, so it make that same sort of jump that they did with the first, which I get, it's that's harder to do the second time around. I get that, but that's all I need. Like, I just need. Rise of the Tomb Raider with a few extra things. Like, yeah, I, I, that being said, like I didn't think the second was bad. Definitely, um, I thought it was one of the best games of the year. Personally, like, like yeah, like the the hub worlds, like the um the geothermal place and the yeah Soviet installation and stuff. Um, just really fun to just kind of pause and explore, you know. Yeah, it's one like, of the few games that I like. Whenever I got to those eras, I was like, okay, I have to hundred percent this era and then move on. Like that's it's very rare that I enjoy spending that much time in the world that I actually do that. But yeah, those tombs were so good too, man. So good. Oh, I, I want to go back and play it again. I want to go back and play the first two games again. So good. Yeah, I should probably play it now. Sorry, that I'm I have... gushing a bit now. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want Brody to go back and finish them as well. I will. I'm that's my. You that's my oath. Yeah. Uh, okay, one more news topic to talk about. I can't think of a segue. I, I'm tired and getting lazy. Um, EB, Expo, and PAX are combining. Like, the two expos are becoming one. Uh, so it's staying uh, in Melbourne with the, the dates that we already had for, for PAX Australia. Um, but they are joining forces at the Melbourne Convention Center. And it sounds pretty exciting, right, Brody? Like, we're going to have a bit of fun there. Yeah, I mean, worlds collide, I suppose. So um, I don't know exactly what does this mean for the expo i guess is it just more you know publishers get on board and all that sort of thing like uh, do you have any insight to what this actually entails james <sighs> yeah not really um no i think i found it a little bit telling that expo eb expo moved from sydney to gold coast um mm. after a, a year where there weren't a lot of games that were kind of ga- pe- games that would pull people in you know what i mean um mm. And I don't really know how PAX was doing, but I'm assuming that this agreement is mutually beneficial. Um, mm. I just feel like this kind of, you get the, I mean, EB has like a pretty good relationship with publishers. Like you get that plus yeah. the the kind of, like PAX has always to me seemed less about the kind of publisher or AAA kind of side of gaming and more about like the indie and the culture. Yeah, yeah, it's much more of a community event, really. Yeah, like I see it as just being the best of both worlds. I mean, you'll probably get the worst of a bit of each as well, but I mean, (laughs) I feel like it's going to only benefit both EB and PAX, but I particularly don't have an interest in either of them, so it's never been a thing. Yeah. me, I'm kind of but... excited about this. How, like having been to EB, uh, like to an EB Expo before, like it felt like much more of a commercial sort of thing. I guess and, like it felt like one big sort of marketing event, I suppose. Which it, where... which it probably is. Which it is. Yeah. But that that means that people like kind of throw a fair amount of money out of it, and I found that like the the booths were like really well sort of set up and really quite impressive. Whereas, and this is this is going to sound like I'm knocking packs. I'm not. I have sorry door packs, but. It's much more like community focused, and you don't quite get the same sort of elaborateness that you get with less bells EB. and whistles. But yeah, I think, like it doesn't, I think it, it doesn't have would, so many bells and whistles. That's some true. people would think that what you just said is a positive, <laughs> yeah. like at the yeah, same time. Abs- so totally, it really de- yeah, it depends on the person. Um, but that's why I think like a meshing of the two might be good. Like you can go there, like Activision have this enormous booth like just riddled with like the latest call of duty running on a bunch of screens and they're just like funneling people through there all day and then right next to that you've got like a bunch of indies all set up and like people are just like hanging out and having like 
mixer drinks and stuff like that. I don't know. You know, all that you I know what you mean. Stuff. Like, And then, like, the people who would go to an EB Expo would then say, this is just, like, a very obviously abstract example, but, like, they go and play mm. to play COD, and then they might go next door and play a game that they would have probably never have touched anyway. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Or, like, or stroll into the press start panel. You never know. Yeah, true. And yeah. we might have, like, you know, the press start panel sort of, like, right up against some sort of big showcase from Xbox or something. Like, you In don't which case, tend good luck, to get Xbox. something... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try pulling the same sort of crowd we do. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, that's what you get uh, That's what you get at, like, EB Expo that you don't so much get at PAX. At least in my experience. It's, admittedly, it's been a couple of years since I've been to an EB Expo. I um, think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about this, and I think it's kind of good for just, like, the Australian sort of gaming scene for things to sort of merge and kind of grow together. I like that. Hmm. I also like What the Wiki. What the Wiki is the Starcast game show where the host reads part of a Wikipedia page from an unknown game and you, the contestants, must guess the game. You can play along at home. Brody sits atop the leaderboard with two points and James is off the mark now and close behind with one point. So it's getting hot. It's getting intense. Uh, Our first game this week has been submitted by friend of the show at Jamie Penning over on Twitter. So, guys, this is not a game I picked. Did he so, do this over Twitter? Like, could he, I find this? He, uh, you could not do that, no, because nah. he DM'd me, which is very, very clever. Very sneaky, James. So, if, sneaky. if people have more kind of game suggestions about what they want to do for the Starcast, tweet it at me in a way that these other guys ain't going to see it. So, you could you could DM me, that's cool, or you can... Slide in. Uh, you, can, you can tweet, like, something that's in, like, cryptic code, and then send me the decryption codes. Just you DM. get that, and I will <laughs> live out Tomb Raider in real life, and it will be amazing. Uh, but yeah, bear in mind, I did not pick this one. So you know, usually I feel like you guys can kind of guess. It's like, oh yeah, it's going to be like some, like it's going to be Crash or Spyro or some game that you would likes, but not this week. So it's out there. Okay. Well, at least the first one. Yeah, the other two are mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Game number one: the game known in Europe as something else. That's oh. that's that's me masking the title, by the way. It's not actually called something else. That's me. Damn it. The blank known in Europe as blank, pretty much. Blank known in Europe as blank <laughs> is a puzzle video game co-developed by HAL Laboratory, Compile, and Banpresto. It was released by Nintendo on February first, nineteen ninety-five in Europe, and in oh. April twenty on April twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety-five in North America for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It is the Western release of Japanese Super Poyo Poyo. It is also the only blank game not to be released in Japan. What the fuck? Mm. Uh, this is admittedly a hard one, by the way, and that's that's coming from Jamie as well. Uh, I'll continue. In the game, as in all Poyo Poyo games, groups of two coloured blobs fall from the top of the screen. The player must rotate and move the groups before they touch the bottom of the screen or the pile so that matching coloured blobs touch the above, below, the left, or the right. Once four or more of the same coloured blobs touch, they will disappear, and any blobs above them will fall down on the other player's screen, destroying it and causing them much woe. Just time out. This is why I love what the wiki, because occasionally you come across Wikipedia descriptions like this. I'll continue. The number of rocks that falls depends on both the number of blobs popped and the number of consecutive chain reactions. These rocks will only disappear if a player manages to pop a group of blobs that are in direct contact with the rocks. Are there any guesses yet? Like, I know it's a POP game, but... Mm, is oh, it? I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. 
Uh, I'm I'm having to actually pull up the Wikipedia page itself now because that's all she wrote, so to speak. Uh, okay, version differences. Whilst the core gameplay remains the same, the Japanese and Western versions are drastically different cosmetically as the story in Super Poyo Poyo is more focused on Arl and Carbuncle's adventures like the Madu oh. Montari oh, and Mac- James. <gasps> is it Kirby's Avalanche? It is Kirby's Avalanche. Oh. Well done, James. <laughs> what the... I had to- <laughs> <laughs> and we made it so far without any swearing. That was so this episode obscure. Well. But then you said the names, and I was like, "Yes." I, I think I had to start. I had to start throwing in some names in there. I had no idea what those names oh, were. So my heart I was like, "Are Jamie, they from Kirby? Are they from?" I have no idea. <laughs> Jamie, have a good hard look at yourself, mate. That is ridiculous. <laughs> well, we admittedly, what what's it he, known in Europe as? It's known as uh, Kirby's Ghost Trap. Yeah. I never so knew. So I wasn't that. sure oh. if it was called Kirby's Ghost Trap here, because often we get the same version as Europe being like um, POW. Jesus. Yes. Nintendo. I like that. That was good. Yeah, that was uh, that was such but a good description said, as well. Jamie he, gets the game. I love yeah, it. Like what he submitted wasn't didn't help me though. So Yeah, he uh so uh, I'll read you the message he sent me. He says, in keeping with being difficult and on topic with Kirby's Star Allies being released this Friday, oh, I want clever. to suggest Kirby's Avalanche, also known as Kirby's Ghost Trap for the Super Nintendo. <gasps> <laughs> Good on you, Jamie. I'm glad that you managed to get there too, James. I, I can sense your relief as well. Uh, all right. James is uh, off the mark. The round is nearly his for the taking. He just has to guess one more correctly, and the points are yours. I shall read game number two now. The game is a sequel and was released on the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, and mobile phone. On April 3rd, 2005, sorry, on April 3rd, 2005, it was announced that THQ had acquired the rights to the franchise from original publishers Atari. Also announced was that Paradigm Entertainment has developed the game for next-generation platforms. Confused yet? <laughs> On March 19th, 2006, THQ spoke about the game for the first time to Xbox 360 Gamer, who also ran an exclusive preview for the game in issue 16 of the magazine. The Xbox 360 demo was released onto the Xbox Live Marketplace on July 12th, 2007. A Wii port was planned, but then cancelled. The game features six fictional films. Each film has six scenes, the goal being to complete objectives set out by the director in each scene. The way in which you complete tasks are set out a little differently than the first installment. The basic player will have to be able to drive through all levels. Brody? Com- Brody? Stuntman Ignition? It is Stuntman Ignition! Well done! Now we're into tiebreaker territory! Damn! <laughs> was that a I hard like- one? I felt like that was a bit obscure. Uh, I thought of, I don't I thought of it when games. you said director. <laughs> okay, right. But, but then I thought James knew it, and then I thought, he's just going to let me have it to take it to a tiebreaker, but then I thought... <laughs> I don't know. Did I you know it, like, James? I, Did you I get thought that? about it when you said movies, because I, I haven't played it, but I know the disc looks like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I was like, mm. oh, well. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Stuntman Ignition was actually a favorite game of my brother and I back in the day. Um, I don't know why. I don't think it was particularly good for me. <laughs> just kind of had fun with it. Uh, anyhow, that was there, because it's a game I own. And a clue, this next game is a game I own. Uh, Tiebreaker <laughs> round... Now starting. The game places emphasis on how the player's leadership skills fare against an onslaught of problems, such as diminishing survival resources, group trust and morale, zombie extermination, Brody? base James. defenses. Aww. Brody? State of Decay? It is State of Decay. Well done. And Brody, 
Gosh, securing your, your spot atop of the leaderboard there, bumping you up to three points now, making Great. that gap just a little little harder to <laughs> <laughs> a little harder to close. Uh good good stuff, guys. That was a fun oh, game. That's a Kirby good, Avalanche. Good the yeah. Yeah, Jamie, keep those suggestions coming, man. We'll have one yeah, each week do. from you, dude. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, please do. Like, that goes out to anyone. If you ever got any any uh, suggestions of what game you want there, tweet them in. Tweet us in your topics. Tweet us in your game suggestions. Tweet us. Just just tweet us. Uh, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 132 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site, of course, at press.com.au. You can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. Just another way to get in touch with us. I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. And joining us today... Uh, and s- just missing out on the points, but getting that crucial first game, that was a tough one as well. James? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, a- at Jams, A-T-J-A-M-Z. And also joining us today was Brody. Thank you. You can follow me on most socials at Brody underscore DG. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us this week, guys. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.